This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. After some new developments in the clinical research associate interview series, I am speaking about this after the intro where they had emailed me after the interview wanting me to speak with another person on the interview team. They claimed it was somebody that I was supposed to meet on the actual day of the interview, but for some reason I couldn't meet that person. So they set up an additional Skype interview for me to meet with them. So after the intro, we'll go over my experience with that. Hey guys, so just got done not too long ago with that Skype interview and this was a little unexpected because, well, basically because they had mentioned it kind of offhand at the end of the, you know, the, the day interview, the two, three hour long interview, that there might be one other interview I would have with a person. And, you know, I didn't really think much of it. They said it was going to be a Skype or a phone interview. So later on after that interview, they said, hey, you know, they wanted a decision by Friday. I had the actual interview on Monday. And so on Tuesday, you know, the recruiter messages me, you know, hey, we want to set up that other interview that we talked about as a Skype interview. And so naturally, you know, having to go into the office and I at the job I was working at the time, naturally, you have to, you know, make time if it's going to be a Skype interview or a phone interview. Phone interview is going to be a lot easier because, you know, I can just go into the car. I can just, you know, go into a conference room, talk on the phone. No problem. That's not going to look weird at all. Before a Skype interview, you can't show up to the office in a full suit and not expect anyone to ask questions. You can't do that in a conference room and not expect anyone to ask questions. So that's something where, you know, I I just go home. Luckily, I don't live too far away from the office. So I gave them some times that would work. You know, the the person originally wanted to meet at 11 a.m. There's no way that's going to happen in the middle of the day. Uh, especially with, you know, meetings and monitoring calls scheduled all around that time. No way that was going to work. So I ended up scheduling for 4 p.m. I said, hey, um, I've got 4 p.m. I can do, you know, sometime in the middle of the day on Thursday if that works. Um, They didn't want Thursday. They wanted it to happen on Wednesday so they could make the decision by Friday. Um, So, you know, we did it on Wednesday. 4, 4 p.m. came around. And we did it at 4 p.m. And I even told them in the in the response email that I could do I'd have more flexibility if we did a phone interview. And, you know, it seemed like the scheduling was really hard, but, you know, we made it four o'clock on that Wednesday. So Wednesday arrives, you know, I'm at work. I'm starting to get a little nervous because I don't want to get close to the four to the uh, four o'clock time and still be at work. You know, I live about 15 minutes from the from the office, so I know it's going to take me about 15 minutes to get home. So I leave work at about 3:20. I rush out the office. I get in my car, go home, get home about 3:43-ish. So, yeah, you know, it takes a few minutes to get to your car. Uh, so I get home about 3:23-ish. 
and uh, I mean 343-ish, and that's, pr that's pretty good. Maybe I even get there a little bit earlier, like 340. But anyway, I have time, put on my suit really quick, and for this interview, I just I just put on like my white shirt, my tie, and my uh, suit jacket. That's all I put on this time, um, especially because it can get hot in the room where I do the interviews. So I do that. I get on there. She gets on at four. And, you know, with these interviews, it's hard to sometimes get the, it's sometimes hard to get the, uh, you know, uh, the equipment to work right or whatever. Um, but so we juggled with that for a couple minutes. Then the interview started. And I could tell as soon as she logged on, there was something about her. As soon as, like her little, her little uh, picture came up first. As soon as she called in, I knew this was going to be difficult. I knew this was going to be a difficult interview. And I just I just knew it. I felt it. I said, oh, my gosh. As soon as her picture showed up, I just knew it was going to be difficult. Um, and, you know, she she started off. She was like, hey, you know, looking at your looking at your resume here. Um, and, you know, ask me like a general like a, I get not even like a general question because everyone pretty much started with, you know, take me through your resume. So I thought that's what she was going to ask. You know, take me through your resume. No, she asked something else. She asked like a, um, something something about like, something about tell me about some monitoring experience or something like that. Um, and I'm like, okay, fine. I mean, typically those type of questions, I mean, I know my resume backwards and forwards. I know my experience backwards and forwards. So, you know, that's not really going get, to get under me too bad. So answer that question. Give a give a pretty good answer, pretty good to okay answer. Um, and she's satisfied with that. Then she asks me this question where it's like, okay, so we're bringing you in for a clinical research associate role, but would you be disappointed if uh, if you're doing some administrative work, like let's say you know it's toward the end of a study and we're preparing it for FDA uh, submission? And we need we have to do a lot of administrative work like TMF and stuff like that. Would you be disappointed if you know you're not on the road monitoring? And I told her, I thought I gave a good answer to this. I said, you know, I know that's all part of the process. Um, I'm familiar with that process. I know towards the end of studies, you know, you a lot of people would be doing administrative work. You know, I gave like a pretty diplomatic answer. That's basically the gist of my answer. Um, and then for some reason, she was not satisfied with that answer. I thought that was a good answer. And uh, and she was she basically asked that question again. She was like, yeah, but would you be disappointed? And at this point, I'm like, you know, and she like kind of reiterates the question. She was like, would you, would you be disappointed if, you know, we hired you to be a, be a CRA and do the monitoring aspect and, you know, travel? Would you be disappointed if you were not in, if you were in in-house travel, if you're not traveling and we put you on a... Um, you know, doing these admin tasks in, in house. And I said, I think anyone would be disappointed if, you know, they were hired to do something and they're, and it's not being done. But I understand that that's part of the clinical trial process to, you know, sometimes you have to do some administrative work and get, get stuff right for the FDA and, you know, get documents in the TMF. Um, you know, I should have added that, you know, I have a lot of experience with that. So I feel like I'd be an asset to the team if, that was the case, but I also know that, hey, like, you know, that's part of the process, and I know in the future I would I would be doing monitoring because you know eventually you're going to be doing some startup, eventually you're going to be doing some maintenance, eventually you're going to be doing some closeout. So I know that is part of the process. 
And eventually, and you know, she kind of bought that. She didn't ask again, but I was, I was kind of shocked that she like followed up with that kind of question. Um, like I said, as soon as I saw the, this lady, I knew she was going to be difficult, but I thought I gave some good responses. And then she went on to ask a couple more behavioral questions and none of the questions that other people asked, they were all different behavioral questions. Like the other people I interviewed with a couple of days before, if you go listen to that part one, a couple of days before, you know, they all asked questions. They might've had a little variation there, but I kind of used the same stories throughout. And, you know, she asked a couple behavioral questions. Then she just threw in a technical question here. What is an SAE? And I was not expecting that at all because we were talking behavioral. So I'm expecting another behavioral type question. You know, what are you going to do in this situation? Then she fires at me. What is an SAE? And of course I know what an SAE is. I mean, I deal with these things, you know, reg- like not not regularly, but I deal with them from time to time. And I know like, you know, it's any like untoward event where, uh, you know, the, the patient either has to go to the hospital or has some kind of serious, uh, you know, serious event like a cardiac arrest or, you know, any, anything like that, thromboembolism or something like that. I know what an SAE is. You know, they either go to the hospital or die or something serious like that. But for some reason, this really throws me off. And I like kind of pause for like a second. I say, basically, the patient needs to go to a hospital or they die. And, you know, she she accepts that. And that's not the best answer, but I think it's passable. Um, but, you know, this is like the, the classic thing where like anyone who will say you majored in clinical research, you're probably going to be able to spit a book definition of that at any time. Okay. But in practice, I know what to look for when 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 there are SAEs out there. I know how to determine if something is an SAE or not when a study coordinator is talking or something like that. Or when the study coordinator asks me, is this an SAE? Do I need to report this to safety? But for some reason, when she asks that, you know, just out of the blue, and it's and it's complete BS because in any situation, you're going to be able to look it up if you're unsure. But of course, in an interview, they're going to hold everything, account, like they're going to hold everything to you. So that one was kind of weird. Then she comes back with, what is an IND safety report? And I'm like, oh my God, this is one of those interviews. And keep in mind, this is not, this is a position. This is a CRA position, but this is one where they're going to be training you. This is not one where they're going to throw you out on the road. This is a training position where they're going to take someone in with just a little bit of clinical research experience. I have much more than a little bit at this point, but they're taking in someone with a little bit of clinical research experience and they're going to, you know, train them to do whatever, train them to do the job. But she asked me, what is an IND safety report? Now, I don't know, like they were just so uh, hell bent on me interviewing with this lady that I have no idea, you know, what her, what kind of sway she has or what kind of clout she has. But, you know, I kind of mumble and bumble like there was like a decent, long, decently long pause, maybe like a two or three second long pause. And I'm kind of like, oh, fumbling on it. And eventually I'm like, OK, the site sends the report to the IRB. And usually the sponsor has some kind of safety box where they submit the report to. And she's like, yeah. The IND safety report is blah, 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 blah. I don't even remember what she says, but I'm just in my head. I'm just like, oh, fuck. If she asks me a bunch of more questions, I am fucked. (laughs) Uh, 
So, you know, the interview takes a, a turn for the worse at that moment. Um, and then, you know, she says, she says her little spiel on what IND safety report is. And then I reiterate, and then I'm just, then like at the end, I'm like, oh yeah, typically, you know, they'll send, the sites will send it to the IRB. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply like you said and then you know there's usually some kind of safety box that the sponsor has and we'll tell them to submit it there also um and then you know she seemed okay with that response but i feel like i had already got gotten the gotten an x mark for that question um now, now keep in mind this this is this is interview seven at this point i've already had the recruiter screen which was a real interview that was not some like pansy little screen that was a real interview so i had the recruiter screen i've had a skype interview that's number two i've had four interviews in person so this is this is that's six already i've, I've completed into this point and then i had seven with that lady that is a lot of interviews for an entry-level position most times it's a recruiter screen a phone screen and then maybe you meet with three people on site or less or it could be, you know, a phone screen plus a Skype interview plus an hour on on for an on-site interview. That's it. So I've met with seven people already uh, at the end of this, and this is like if this one lady after the other six people just ruined my chances, I'm gonna be pissed because I got through all of the other people. And I, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna, I bodied the other people. I bodied those interviews. Like there was nothing negative about those interviews. Like I can tell they were definitely liking me. They were definitely uh, enjoying my answers and things of that nature. I think I'm pretty good with the behavioral questions. Um, but wow, I think, and I was like, man, if this one lady, you know, ugh, ruins it for me, I'm gonna be so devastated. But man, so we continue on. So she goes back to some behavioral questions and, you know, she, she asks them. I mean, I don't think there's anything really memorable from those. Just the normal behavioral questions like, you know, describe a time with this. Oh, then she asks the, these weird questions like, tell me, tell me a time, tell me your biggest creative professional achievement. And I was like, you know. And she was like, no, it was just basically like, tell me your biggest creative achievement. And I was like, do you mean like professional or just like in life? She was like, either or. And so I basically like tell her this crazy story about like, I'm not going to give too much of the details away because it might like, uh, I guess uh, you might know some of these people. But basically there was an office contest we had and we like incorporated a lot of like clinical research into it and we ended up winning it um and i basically told her about that and so she was like oh so you so you got some artistic ability and i was like you know a little bit i definitely wasn't the main head artist but you know she seemed to feel that story she I'm, and actually now that i'm thinking about it she actually kind of felt that story uh, i think i told it pretty well 
Um, but that one threw me for a loop. But I think that's a good question. Um, and then she told me, then she asked, okay, name your biggest, your three biggest creative attributes. I'm like, oh my gosh. So I basically tell her about YouTube, not, not about cl the clinical research YouTube stuff. I tell her about my other stuff. And I was telling her like, yeah, I do, I do like a lot of like video production. Um, you know, I put them on YouTube. So like anytime I travel someplace, I like to make videos. And then she said three. But basically I said, yeah, so you've got to like color grade the videos. You've got to like edit them. You've got to like make sure the sound is good. And so that's what I use for all three. I was like, that counts for all three. Um, and, you know, I think she liked that too. But man, and then I, th I think that was pretty much the last question. And she was like, okay, that's our 30 minutes. And that was like music to my ears. Like, I was like, oh my God, thank God this is over. 30 minutes went by, um, and actually it ended up, that was like, it was actually longer than 30 minutes. It was like 45 when I was looking at the number, but I think I was on there early. I was probably on there pretty early. It said 45 minutes, so I was probably on there about maybe eight, nine minutes beforehand. So that's good that it kind of went longer now that I'm thinking about it. Um, and then, then she was like, do you have any questions for me? I don't want to like take too much of your time. So ask her a couple of my questions. Um, and actually she started off the interview was like, Hey, do you have any questions that weren't answered for you uh, by the other people? And I asked her about, um, CRA burnout and how, how that's managed. Um, and I know that's like a, if you want to have a long career in clinical research, that's something you definitely want to, you know, think about. And, uh, you know, I think that's a pretty thoughtful question because that's like a big topic kind of in clinical research. So that was good. Um, so I asked her my couple questions there. And and then this this part was weird. I asked her, I was like, so if I have any other questions that come up between now and, you know, the end of the week, can I can I uh, email them to you? And, you know, would you be OK with me emailing you? And she says, no. I'm like, what? Every, every other person, all five, six other people I interviewed with were, gave me their email address without hesitation. When I went on site, they gave me their whole business card. Um, and, you know, I thought this was interesting because when the recruiter sent out her name, she only sent her first name. She didn't send her first and last name, which was weird. But, you know, her name was interesting. So I, if I really wanted to find it, I'm sure I could find it on LinkedIn. But... Every other time they sent out names, it was always first and last name. But with this lady, it was only the first name. So that was weird. And then she goes into some spiel about how, you know, the process is to send it through the recruiter. And then the recruiter will direct it on to whoever needs to hire it, et cetera, whoever needs to um, see it, et cetera, et cetera. So whatever. Um, and I'm kind of like disappointed at this point because, you know, how am I going to send my thank you letter or my thank you note after the interview? I'm like, dang, how am I going to do that? Um, so, you know, I eventually get off the phone. I tell her it was really nice meeting her. It was really nice. It was a nice pleasure. And I think we had a you know good conversation and, you know, take care. And she's like, it was really nice meeting you too. And, you know, we wish you best of luck in the process. And <sighs> so at this point, you know, this is after the interview. So not really sure how it's going to happen. I should know in the next few days. So. We'll do a we'll do another video on that uh, on how that ends up going. So you guys don't know, and I don't I don't know how it ends up going. Um, you could probably guess because this is coming out later, but 
We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, I guess you guys won't know if it's the first, second, or third interview I go on uh, where I become a CRA. Uh, so I guess that'll be interesting. And uh, I guess it'll be interesting for me looking back. But yeah, man. So that's the last. That's the last interview. Uh, cross my fingers. She said they're all going to, I guess, sit in a room. I doubt they'll sit in a room um, and take, spend a lot of time on this. But they're going to decipher and discuss who they're going to hire. Um, I learned that they're going to bring in one CRA internally and that they're looking to hire one externally. Now, if you just think about all the time that they spent on me, you know, two, three hours out of a whole day, all those people I interviewed with, all that time I took out of their schedule, I'm keeping my fingers crossed that I'm like one of the top candidates. So keep your fingers crossed for me. Um, hope me sh uh, sharing this process and documenting this process has been helpful for you guys. Um, you guys are right around the corner. If you're not, if you're looking to get into clinical research, I mean, you're only a couple of years away from this process, so, or less. Who, who knows what it's going to be like during, when you know, in the future, when whenever this is released. Who knows what the process is going to be like. But, dang, man, it's, it's, it's crazy. So hopefully this was helpful. Hope you guys enjoyed this. Like, share, subscribe. Uh, I'm out.